Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia. Welcome to another episode of What's Up With Wendy's podcast. Check out my website, whatsupwithwendy.com, and you can subscribe and listen for free on any platform you choose. Today's special guest, he was the subject of a modern-day essay written by his wife that went viral. He, in turn, wrote a response. My wife says you may want to marry me. This book, this interview, you won't want to miss. Jason Rosenthal is my guest today. My special guest today was the subject of a modern-day love essay written by his wife, Amy Krause Rosenthal, telling the world that she would soon die and that her beloved husband deserved another shot at happiness. I tear up when I just even just say that. Her essay, printed 10 days after her death, was a viral sensation. Joining me today, the man that is the subject of that poetic tribute, now with his own book, My Wife Said You Should Marry Me. Thank you, and I'm so happy to have you. Welcome, Jason Rosenthal. Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia. Hi, and good morning. Thanks for having me. I don't even know what to say after that. I get chills thinking about it, reading it, saying it. I felt you like are not I, the only one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I felt like I knew you from reading this book. Um, and there were so many parts in it that, that meant things to me, as I'm sure it did to everybody else all over the world. Um, so let's, let's back up and start, start with you were happily married, fairy tale, beautiful wife, three beautiful children, two boys and a girl. Um, I love your daughter's name, Paris. Thank you. Um, and then life came crashing down and you even said something in the book, um, with the rabbi said, you know, for, for better, for worse, for sickness and in health. And you certainly didn't expect all of this. Um, let's start from the beginning. You guys met on a blind date. Yes, we did. Yeah. Um, the gentleman we affectionately call Uncle John, who uh, is my father-in-law Paul's best childhood friend, and who happened to date my mom in the early 70s between her two marriages. Uh, so he knew the two of us as, as kids. And uh, at the time, I was in law school studying for the bar exam, and Amy was moving back from a big advertising job in San Francisco to Chicago. And he said, hey, you should, you should call this woman. And so I did. Went on my first and only blind date. That was it. Mm -hmm. First and yeah. only. And so, t um, tell us about the. You know, your I, your marriage um, said a lot about you and about her and about the two of you together. Just, um, you know, how bonded you guys were from the start. Yeah, I mean that's really true. We were we were so super young. Uh, that's one thing. So we just. You know, we went about it in a way that was just sort of natural. There wasn't a, a guide or a lesson plan. And uh, we quickly uh, became really super compatible. 
you know. And one of the things I include in my book, which lots of people have uh, sort of paid attention to, is this list that we have on our honeymoon. And we called it Amy and Jason Rosenthal's Marriage Goals and Ideas. And it was interesting because I, I came back to that list as I was preparing to write this book. And it sort of became this model, uh, you know, that we followed on how to live our lives, even though, you know, it wasn't like affixed to the refrigerator or anything like that. In fact, we tucked it away. But yeah, we just, we just really had a lot of fun together. We had tremendous mutual respect for one another. We gave each other space to, to be who we were as individuals. And yet at the same time, we just really loved being together. You could tell. You could tell by everything that you write and the stories that you share and the, the kids and, and your whole journey. Um, you, you know, you talked about, you know, obviously you were a lawyer. You probably worked a lot of hours. And when Amy was diagnosed, she became the center. And, and that was what became the most important thing. It wasn't it wasn't the work anymore. It was just about being there for her. Absolutely true. Yeah, I Pretty much put everything on hold. You know, I was working a little bit from my, my dining room table, which is where I find myself again during this morning. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, there was absolutely no uh, decision to make there. The instinct that I had and really became my purpose in life was to take care of her, make and her comfortable, to love her, and to get through this to get through this process, which we had optimism for, of course, at the beginning. Yes, and that process must have been very difficult, and you had to be so strong for her and for every for the kids and for everybody else. And you write in the book, you say, a loss is a loss, a loss. And yes, I, I, do. Yeah. I can so relate to that. Um, and you talked about the journey of bringing um, your son Miles to school, um, and then she was rushed to the hospital, and it brought back memories. I lost my father last year and my parents are in Florida and my kids were away at school. And I was like, when I was reading that part in your book, I just kept coming back to saying, I, I knew my father was going last year. We just didn't know when. And my whole thing was the kids and this and everything just stopped. So that part of the book that you wrote um, and how you, you guys got on the plane and, and went to her and turned around and got there within two hours, it was just... I'm sure so many people can relate to that too. Yes, that was a really uh, harrowing moment. Um, and, you know, I'm so sorry for your loss. And, Thank you. And what I learned, what I learned over the last three years as I continue to speak about my process is that the epiphany that I had, you know, that loss is loss is loss. And to me, that means simply that. You know, at, at first when Amy died, I thought, whoa, no one's lost. Even remotely come close to what I'm experiencing. Come on, guys. You know, people would come up to me and talk about losing their family pets or going wars. But you know what? Over time, I, I put that all aside. Because the truth is that we all relate to one another on this really difficult, difficult topic. Right. Uh, I think that any room you go into, uh, most everyone in that room is going to have their own story of loss that's really, really significant. But you said, so as I began, 
Yes, you you say it's divorce, losing a job, having a beloved pet die, enduring the death of a family member. And you say in that aspect, I am no different. But your wife gave you this gift at the end of this personal ad love letter that she wrote to you um, to fill a blank, to fill the blank space. That is something that, uh, what a gift to you um, and that you carried on. You know, your wife gives you this permission to go on and to live your life. Um, and you write in your book, giving everyone else the permission to go on and to fill their blank space. Choked me up. Well, you, you make a great point. It's really true. Amy gave me that literal blank space at the end of her, her essay. And I've accepted that as a metaphor as I move forward in my life to fill that blank space with whatever meaningful life you can interpret that to be, you know, and, and I'm trying hard to, to do that each day. I'm uh, sure just to find, yeah. I'm sure it didn't come easy. No, no, it still doesn't come easy. You know, it's, it's a, it's a work in progress. Yes. In the book, um, my wife said, you should marry me. It's funny. It's thoughtful. It's hopeful. It's, it's the wonderful life that you live, lived and live. Um, the journey before and after the blank space that which we should all talk about. And, um, and you also talk about how important it is to talk about things. If someone is going to pass on um, what their wishes would be and do it far in advance. Um, because when that time comes, you just, you, you just, you just can't think you just can't move or breathe or anything. Correct. That's true. You know, Amy and I had the good fortune, if you can call it that, uh, during her diagnosis, the time between that, the time that she died, to have some really meaningful conversations. And that did teach you to pass along to others that it's really important, I think, when you're younger, uh, to have those conversations that are big, you know, those hard, difficult conversations, whether it's you and your spouse or partner or children, even, or parents. Uh, because as we know from my story and many other people's story, uh, you, you just don't know how much time you have. And for me, having had those meaningful conversations allowed me to move forward. I, I just don't know what I would have been like without having conversations with Amy. Of course, I had the added bonus of her very public, special gift, permission to go on. What did you think when you read that? You know, I was, I knew that Amy had one final project she wanted to finish. I, like I mentioned earlier, I was at my dining room table office and there she was across the room, physically trying to, you know, struggling to, to mm. get this final project done. And uh, when I first read it, I thought, wow, this is an incredible piece of writing. It's so beautiful, so emotional. Uh, and it's about me and all of those things. And I, I was floored, you know, but at the same time, I've lived with a writer now for 25 plus years. Right. And even a very accomplished one occasionally gets a, a rejection here and there. And so I had no idea the impact that is it would have on my life my fans. Could never have been. Never in a million years. No. <laughs> I, and I don't even know what you do with all of that, um, how you process all that. And you probably still haven't processed all that. Um, you in the book you quoted um, a friend had reminded you of this quote from Robert Frost and I, I've 
repeated it numerous times after reading your book. Um, the only way out is through. Pretty powerful. It is true. And that's, that's the way that I've learned that grief stays with you. You know, you don't just put it behind you and pass by it. You move through your life with it. And I'm really aware now that that's going to be my path forward as well. It doesn't mean that I can't experience really great moments of joy and happiness. It just means that um, I will always, you know, be thinking about Amy and her life together and occasionally get really, really sad. And that's okay. Yeah. And it's okay. And it's good to talk about it. And I'm sure through this book, your book, your beautiful book, my wife said you should marry me, which everybody should read. Um, cause everybody will find something in it that reminds them of themselves in their life. Um, I'm sure that helped. And I'm sure the outpouring from people, um, sharing their stories helps you and, and, um, you know, ki- I kind of gives you that feeling that like, I'm not alone. Um, and that you're doing so much to help other people. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely cathartic writing the book and that process started for me a couple of years earlier when I was asked to deliver, you know, a TED talk. And once I did that and finished it, it was almost immediate the responses that I got from people. That's what kept me speaking about it publicly all over the world and also gave me the permission and freedom uh, to write this book, which is so very personal. Oh my God. So personal, so powerful. So it's so everything. Um, let's talk about more. Let's do it. And the place <laughs> called grandmother's garden in Lincoln park. Sure. Well, Amy's first word was more. And after she died, I just had this instinct that I wanted to commission a piece of public art in her honor here in city of Chicago. Because I really think that Amy's going to go down as a Chicago icon. She had so much influence in this community. And so I hired an artist and we together came up with this design of a, of a yellow umbrella, this beautiful, beautiful. glass on top, um, with the word more imprinted on it. And it now sits in Lincoln Park in a little garden called Grandma's Garden, which is near where kids and I went to school and where we hung out a lot as a family. It's a place for us to return to and figure out Amy and for community to gather and read or hang out and uh, hopefully one day to take my grandkids and talk about me. And how how are the kids doing? Kids are marvelous, you know, they're really incredible. Uh, I'm quarantining here in Chicago with two (laughs) of them in Manhattan and drove back what is that? I mean, no time anymore, but over two months ago. Um, and they're doing great. And uh, my oldest son, Justin, lives in Los Angeles. And he got a quarantine dog, so he's very busy. Oh, okay. Yes, very. <laughs> That's like a baby. <laughs> exactly. Um, so it's like a big time out for the world right now. Um, and it's a good time to, I feel like it was a little gift um, from my father um, to me having my kids, this extra time with my kids here in my house with me. And, um, I don't know, I'm just using it to, to just, we'll never get this time back again. So here we are and make the best of it. And so you, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had 
I have two, two adult children with me and we're, you know, they're not little kids anymore and we're, we're finding really interesting things to do together. We're watching classic movies. We're cooking a lot. We're having good conversations. We're playing some ping pong, you know, we're, we're making the best of the time. <laughs> that, that, that's good. They're probably beating you, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, you had to say that, which is really true. <laughs> My son crushes me now. They're very competitive, these kids. Yeah, we're we're with you know the, these young adults now. It's um, it's it's different, but we're home cooking and um, getting healthier. I feel like and breathing in the fresh air when we can go outside and there's not a lot of traffic, which is good. So there's there's blessings to come out of this. Um, True, and but, a lot of Zoom yoga. Zoom yoga, yes. <laughs> I know yoga was a big part of your guys' life and still is for you. Yes. Yes. I know. Yeah, I've been doing a ton, ton of yoga in quarantine. It's, it feels really good. And there, so public speaker, the TED thing, that was huge. Were you pinching yourself thinking like, I'm on TED Talk? Like, that's big. Oh, it's, it's, it's massive. And, you know, it was, it, in some ways, um, I went into it a little ignorant because I didn't do much public speaking before that. And so my first platform, you know, going on that iconic red circle, uh, became pretty intimidating and I would practice and practice and practice and get super emotional. You know, it was, it's a very, very personal talk. Um, and, it, and I was still quite raw. It was, it was April of 2018. So we're talking, you know, a little over a year after Amy died, but mm. you know, what happened to me is I think kind of common with, with, with certain people. And that is that I got on that stage and I stepped in that circle and I felt this tremendous sense of calm. You know, I had put in the work, I was ready, and there I was. And then 14 minutes went by in a heartbeat. And it was a really incredible. Yeah, TED Talk is like one of my favorite things. Um, I think it's everyone he puts up there is so powerful and yours including. Um, But um, I guess, you know, it's, it's, it's helping you heal all these talks and these things. You were a very private person before this and now pretty much a very public person in a sense. How does that feel? Yeah, it's so very different, really. I mean, like you said, if you were to Google Jason D. Rosenthal before uh, Amy died, you would find literally probably nothing. Maybe my office address downtown. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that has certainly changed quite a bit. Um, you know, I, I'm not like experiencing quote unquote fame. I'm just, I'm just being public with my personal life. And so it feels, um, a little uncomfortable sometimes, but, uh, like we've talked about, I, I, I want to share my story so that I can help other people that are potentially going through a very, very difficult loss of any kind. And as it turns out, people are also looking to me to, learn a little bit about relationships and marriage and things like that. And that's fine. I, I, I welcome. Yes. Um, you've helped so many people. He is the subject of a modern day love essay written by his wife, Amy Krause Rosenthal, telling the world she would soon die and that her beloved husband deserved a shot at happiness. I mean, I, I, I I feel like I I knew Amy because just the fact that this heart that she had to do this for you. Um, And in turn, he wrote back a book 
which everyone should read. My wife said, you should marry me. It's just such a powerful book. What's so filled with so many things. And, um, and it's a gift for you. And it's a gift for us because we should all fill those blank spaces. And, um, so Jason, I was looking at, um, this, I saw this all over the place, duck rabbit. And it was Amy's book that she wrote. And here it is. It was on and Oprah had sent it to, um, Meghan Markle and, that was what she posted for Archie's first birthday. I got all choked up for that too. That must have meant so much to you. Oh yeah, it was really, really special. You know, uh, Jennifer Gardner and Amy Adams did this program called Save the Stories, and like you said, Meghan Markle <laughs> reading Duck Rabbit to Archie, and, and Prince Harry was filming it and kind of laughing in the background. And you know, on the one hand, I thought, oh my God, here's literally one of the most famous human beings on the planet, reading Amy's book. Um, but on the other hand, I think any of us who have been a parent sort of recognized that moment as a parenting moment. You know, there was this little kid squirming on his mom's lap. And, yeah. It was very relatable. It was a beautiful moment, though, and a, and a great tribute to, to Amy and Tom. Yeah, and, and what you're doing, too, such a great tribute to her and your, your guy's life and your love story and gives everybody so much hope and meaning and um, healing. Um, and I'm sure this is all healing for you. So in Amy's letter, she left a blank space for you to start to fill. How has that been? Have you filled well, it? It's, oh, no, no, no. My blank page is still, um, oh, sure. Yeah. Um, you know, um, it, it, it is something I think about almost every day, you know, um, and whether that's through uh, a meditation practice, trying to, you know, really contemplate bigger, bigger things in life or doing something more meaningful with my work life or, you know, starting a relationship, all of those things. Um, I'm trying to live my life in a much, much different way, appreciating um, the finite nature of, of, what we have, you know, the time that we have. No one knows how long that's going to be. Right. And I know it's a little cliche, but it's really, really true. And uh, I think one of the messages in my book, uh, like you pointed out a couple of times, is that we really do need to take that, those moments and, and do something meaningful with them because we don't know what's, what's happening here day to day. We don't want to sort of wake up at the end of, of a 30-year career of, of, you know, putting our nose down to the grindstone, not being so happy without having a, at least a little reflection on what gives us meaning. I thought that I'd ask you this question, and I, and I probably know the answer, I think. So the person that you were before this happened, the person that you are now, I feel like is almost the same person. I feel like this is the person that you've always been. You're just public now because sharing your grief and your memories um, in this collection, this beautiful book that you wrote. Um, are you that same person? Has it changed you? It's a good question. No, I don't think it's changed me at all. Um, I think if the change, if there was a change, uh, you know, when you're part of a, a partnership for so long and then you're just a single person, um, you either find your voice or you don't, you know, and I think that I have really found a way to discover my voice. Uh, 
and that has been through this really, really meaningful work that I've been engaged in. And works right in this book. It was something all right, that book. Your book. I cried through it. I I read some of the pages. I read it over and over again. I just wanted to make sure it was like sinking in. Um, it was a very fast read, um, for sure. Um, but there were there were parts that I just I just had a I was stuck on. A lot of parts I was just stuck on because I was kind of feeling your your pain and your grief with you, um, and your journey with you. It was just so beautifully written. Um Everyone should read the book. My wife said, you may want to marry me by Jason Rosenthal. I, I found you like I was searching for you after I saw that you're, you wrote this book. I go, I have to, I have to interview this man um, and talk about this, this love story and this beautiful life and, and how the life still lives on. Well, thank you so much for that. And I'm really glad that uh, we connected. This has been great. What, um, what do you want to say to the people that are, that are listening and, um, the people who have, you know, lost, like you said, a loss is a loss is a loss. Um, however that loss is, what do you want to say to them? Well, I want to say, you know, continue to, to talk about it because, um, you know, you would be surprised that the person sitting next to you also has a shared story of loss. And it's, it's difficult to start. It's difficult to begin to speak about it. But I think you'll find that once you do, um, that having that conversation with someone, takes takes that relationship to an even deeper level. Um, and that's really, really important. And I don't know, I mean, you know, if you're talking about someone who's gone through a recent recent loss, I would say, hang in there, you know, it's uh, it's there's no timetable for this stuff. And at the beginning it's gonna feel like there is no light, you know, there's nothing that you can see in front of you. But I'll promise you that with time, you know, there, you will find life and you will find joy and you will find happiness. Um, and accept it, accept those patterns of anxiety, joy, anxiety, joy that are going to flow through your life. Um, but time is a really unique thing and it will help you. I'll bet she's smiling on you, down on you. Um, and she probably planned this whole thing with her, her gift and permission for you to go on. And, um, she's, she's, um, she, she certainly is and was a very special person and both of you together and what you, what you've done with, what you've done with your grief and your pain and your loss is, is something to really amazing, really amazing and helping so many people. Um, who would have thought, right? Who would have thought? Yes. Your beautiful book. My wife said, you may want to marry me. Everybody has to read this book. Um, I just, um, I thank you for this and for, for talking to me and for being here today. And, um, and I can, I'll continue to follow you. Yeah, I really appreciate that. It's been really nice to speak with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for all you're doing. Thank you. Continue to stay safe. Thanks for listening to my podcast. You can check out my new website at whatsupwithwendy.com. Subscribe and check out past interviews. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at whatsupwithwendy. Thanks for tuning in. Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? 
Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia. Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia.